going through a breakup? Struggling with being all up in your feels? Finding it hard to get through the day? Heartbreak sucks, and we've all been there. If you're in need of some life hacks on how to regulate your emotions, practically manage your life, and how to rediscover yourself post-breakup, you've come to the right place. This is your roadmap to navigating out of this time in your life with intelligence, humour, sass, and a little bit of tough love when you need it. Welcome to How to Hack Your Heartbreak with your host, Louise Wilkinson. Last week on How to Hack Your Heartbreak, it was our first instalment of a semi-regular series that we're going to be presenting here on the podcast called Bitches Owning Breakups. The idea is that we tell the stories of women who have become an inspiration in the way that they dealt with their breakups. And certainly my subject matter last week was absolutely out of this world. Kaylee Stead from Wales made viral news when she was stood up on the day of her wedding. And last week, we went into all of the details of how that unfolded. This week, Kaylee and I will be diving into what happened after the rubber hit the road, what happened after the big day, and what are the lessons that she has taken out of this cataclysmic event. So... Obviously, the day was was amazing and what like absolute iconic moment of self-love and those people around you supporting you. But mm-hmm. on the other side of that, the rubber has to hit the road. So mm-hmm. how did you navigate those weeks and months after this had happened with, as you say, no closure? It's like this person is with you every day to one point and then – Bang. Gone. Yeah. So it was kind of like, for me, so people say um, it's easier after a funeral. And they say, like, because you can put it to bed, it's closure, you go to that. And there's a lot of expectation or a lot of pressure or, or amount of, like, willingness to be put on closure and kind of, like, we think that it's gone. You don't have to feel those emotions anymore. And... The day after was probably the hardest day after the wedding because I had my all my girlfriends bought me a jumper that said Mrs. Norton, mm. wife on a jumper. And my friend chucked that and that because that was the only thing because I didn't pack clothing apart from that jumper. So I had no clothes to wear apart from my pajamas that I wore two days ago. Yeah. And I went back downstairs and all the guests and all my friends and family stayed the night over. So we're having our breakfast and I just, I couldn't eat. And I just remember turning and I saw my sister-in-law, I laugh about it now. She was just looking at me while chewing on a sausage and just sobbing. And I was like, and I wasn't crying at this point. And I was just looking at her going, should I be that at this <laughs> moment? And I was just like, I was just numb. Cause I was numb. just like, yeah, it was insane. And then, when I got back to the room, that was hard. Like, because we live with my parents, see, my mum and my dad, because we were saving for a house and for the wedding. My mum and my dad took us in and we live with them. I still live with my dad now. And I came back and his stuff was everywhere. And I was just like, I need to get it gone. For me, like, 
when I've got a thought in my mind, I've got to see it through and I've got to get it done there and then. And my best friend was helping me pack things up. And he had a jigsaw piece that he loved. And my friend tipped it in the bag and then took one piece out and kept one piece of the jigsaw. I love (laughs) that. I I was so hoping you were going to say that you took one piece. (laughs) Yes. She took one piece and I was just like insane. And then the days after, I think, I just had my moments of sobbing in bed because I think you've got to allow yourself to have those moments because sometimes, because after the wedding day, because everybody was strong, everybody was telling me I was, I struggled with being in bed at first because I was like, okay, I need to get out, I need to show my face, I need to carry on being strong, I need to keep this persona up Mm. of like holding my head high. And then, but a week or so later, I kind of crashed. Crashed, Like I was just mentally exhausted. And I just needed to be on my own for a little bit. And now looking back, that was probably like a really important time that I needed to have. And I think we forget to allow ourselves to to cry or like, because I think there's a lot of like outlooks that come with being strong that you need to be like happy and, and thrive and carry on and keep going but keeping going is still having your moments of lying in bed. And I think I had to learn that. And then I'm luckier where I work. I went on sick because of my compassionate yeah. leave ended with work. And I had to take some time off work because I work in insurance. So we would th- talk about things like like car insurance policies and speaking with customers. I think if a customer had come to me and said to me, like, oh, I don't like my price of X, Y, and Z, I probably would have screamed. Yes. Because I would be like. Yeah. yeah. Like, you think this is a problem? This is not a problem, Janet. Take the price. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I would not have dealt with well with very Karens in that moment. Oh, yes. Definitely not. Yes. No. Because I've, I've got quite a lot of patience, but during that time, my patience was very, very thin. And I made the leap of take of going to therapy because I'm a big advocate for therapy mm. for other people, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, because I was like my niece, uh, my sisters, and on, quite a lot of my family have suffered with mental health. Like some of my family have got like um, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, bipolar and things like that. So there's quite a lot of like mental like health within our family. And I've always been an advocate. I'm saying, look, therapy is always good. You need to do this. You need to take time for yourself. And, and But when it came to kind of listening to my own words, that was hard for me to do in that moment. Mm. And my therapist got me to write down everything, any advice that I would give to friends in the situation I was feeling, to write it down and acknowledge what I was writing down for myself. And it was really hard to do that because like writing down like it's okay to take five minutes if you want to cry cry if you want to eat a whole cake to yourself eat a whole cake to yourself if you want to go for a walk and be on your own like I was learning it was okay to say no to other people and say yes to myself because I struggle with that a bit Mm. and I learned through the breakup that in my relationships I become the mother (laughs) and that I am very quite mothering (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
Um, I, I get that from a young age. So I learned that it started because I was a young carer because my mum was disabled. So from the age of five, I would get my mum ready for a day. I would like inject my mum with her insulin, sort of do tablets. I would look after my mum. So from a very young age, I learned that I had this instilled in me that I need to look after other people. Yeah. And otherwise I I'm I don't know what I'm doing myself. I have got no purpose. And that's what I was doing in relationships. So Callum, not any fault of his own during COVID and things like that happened. Um he didn't have many jobs. So he's in and out of like say about seven jobs during the relationship. So the whole relationship was financially dependent on myself. But I, I was like, oh I don't mind this though because I feel like Whenever he had money coming in, I didn't want to use that money because of I just felt yeah guilty using it. Because I was like, well, let's just use my money. Let's put your money into savings. Fine, and we'll just use my money because I just felt like because of he didn't have the regular income that I did. I was like, we have to like treasure that if that makes any sense. We have to like use mine and keep his yeah, and because I don't want him to be like he's got to go spend it all on me now and like. I learned that whenever I go shopping, because I went shopping with my friend after, retail therapy is a very good thing. 100% of it is. Make sure you've got the money first of all. <laughs> Don't do it if you haven't got the money. <laughs> Save up first. And so I went shopping with my friend. We went a weekend away. And as I was walking around, I was like, oh my God, this could I get for Callum? And I said it out loud. And I was like, okay, I'm not with him anymore. And she was like, this, this is what you do. You... You won't. You walk around the whole shopping centre to look for him and others first before you actually shop for yourself. Yes, yeah. And, and that's a hard like, lesson, oh God, isn't it? That we we abandon ourselves, <laughs> and we are you know, and we're overly responsible for other people and their mental health at the expense of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, definitely. And, and it's a tough lesson to learn because. It doesn't, in the end, um, you know, people are going to move how they move, regardless of how much we pour into them. And so, yeah, and and it is a steep learning curve. And you're exactly right. Therapy is when there is this catastrophic moment, you need to take the lessons that you can out of it. And going to therapy, getting a, a coach, going through and doing that emotional work will serve you for the rest of your life. You know, you will know yourself and know your boundaries and know your value and for the rest of your life. And that is, although it came out of such a horrific event, is so invaluable to you and to whoever you connect with in the future because you found yourself during this process. And so it was such an ugly thing, but there's so much beauty in that. Oh, 100%. And I think it is just learning that, unfortunately, as you said, all the love and support and time and effort you put into somebody, if they want to go, they'll go. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you do or try to convince them or say this and that to kind of make a positive out of the bad situation. If they want to go, they've got to go. And it's learning that that's actually the best choice for you as well. Yeah, because if they were stay, because you were to change or to to put more time into them, is that truly a right reason for them to stay? Because if you're already giving them a hundred percent, 
is an extra 10% really going to change the outcome mm. for them? No, but it's going to exhaust you. 100% it's going to drain you. It's like pouring into a bucket yeah. with a hole in the bottom of it. You know, it's never going to be enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can treat yourself or a friend who's in the throes of heartbreak with our bespoke Heartbreak Emergency Kit containing emergency chocolate, tissues, a cute voodoo doll for comic purposes only, sage for clearing your space, a crystal for healing, an affirmation to stick to your mirror, and a candle with a scent specific to the stage of your breakup you find yourself in. The breakup kit is sure to lift your spirits and the perfect way to practice self-love. Head on over to howtohackyourheartbreak.com forward slash shop to order. And so this happened September 2022. So as we sit here Mm -hmm. now, it's May 2023. What next for you? Like are you, Um, you know, are you sort of thinking that you've got more to do? I mean, this message is so powerful and so will resonate with so many people who are perhaps sitting there going, I just want the pain to end and I'm just, but I'm just going to sit in it and I'm not going to be proactive in moving out of it. So the sure. reason that I, I really resonated with your story was this is exactly what the whole crux of how to hack your heartbreak is, is that we can <laughs> find ourselves in this heartbreak and emerge yeah. little bit by little bit. It's not a uh, one day you wake up and everything makes sense, but you're still moving through that process. Any bucket list items that you have on your radar? So I was very, very lucky enough to be given um, two £1,000 vouchers from this morning to go on a holiday. So I'm in the middle of processing whether I can I go on this really luxurious holiday or I go on a holiday with my girlfriends and try and give them a time away with me as well. So I'm, we're kind of up about that. And... I think at the moment, the reason why I kind of haven't like uploaded kind of anything onto my TikTok or done anything from this at the moment is because I, I want to, I'm still in the process of processing it at the minute. Like, so one of our favourite movies was A Star Is Born yeah. and the soundtrack. So, so some of my favourite songs from there. So I haven't still been able to listen to those yet without feeling some anger or, or towards it. And... I want to be able to talk about it freely and be able to kind of give guidance to people when I'm ready, if that makes sense, because I don't want to guide somebody through something or give my advice and stuff until I'm willing to take it on my own yet, if that makes any sense. So once I'm in that position, then then I'm going to go for it. I hope that I could carry on helping people and reaching out to don't know where there's future podcasts on myself or like having more like kind of engaging kind of social media presence. I'm not too sure yet. Or even if it's just leaving that aside and carrying on with my work life and finding my career within that. I don't know at the minute. I'm a bit of a crossroad to go in. What do I want to do? Um, but I'm very excited that I've got these options. I've never had these options before. So I'm a bit like, I'm one of those people that I need to know. I plan for each outcome. 
Yes. If that makes any sense, the good, the bad and the ugly for each opportunity or choices that I've got, just because I like to mentally prepare myself for situations. But I'm learning at the same time that you can't always be mentally prepared for something because of look what happened to me back in September. Yes. So I'm constantly juggling these juggling these balls at the minute, but I'm really looking forward to it because I lost my mum back in um, January. Mm. So my mum passed away and I'm still grieving her loss at the moment. Of course. And um, because we live in a council house um, in the UK, um, we're in the middle of transitioning outside of this house because of it was adapted to my mum's needs. They want to put me, my niece and my dad into a flat. So we're in the middle of kind of navigating that work at the moment. So there's kind of a lot of things that I need to put to bed first before I can kind of focus on other things. Because since my mum has passed away, it's like I've adopted two children, like my dad and my niece, (laughs) and I happily accept them. Uh, But I'm learning, like I've learned from this whole process is that a loss of anything, whether it's a loss of a job, loss of a relationship, loss of a, a... a nearest or dearest or death, for example, is all grief. Yes. And I think accepting and acknowledging that is a big part of a breakup because you think, oh God, I can't, like, people are not going to, am I being overdramatic or being too, like, yeah, over, like being a drama queen by calling it grief because I really, really struggled with that at the beginning. But it is grief. And it I is. think that's what I want to kind of, spread awareness about and and take into my future but it's kind of spreading awareness that like grief just doesn't mean a loss of death or anything no it's a loss of anything yes definitely (laughs) and you know what really knocked me sideways was that we've all had our our girlfriends and they've gone through breakups and we rush over there with the wine and the chocolate and we watch the notebook and you know we check on them a couple of times over the next couple of weeks what really knocked me sideways was I've really forgotten how all-encompassing it is. And yeah. I think that, you know, people need to actually, yeah, recognise that in a lot of cases, if we're grieving a loved one, that obviously you have your own unique relationship, but everybody around you is also grieving. So, like, when you lost your yeah. mum, your dad had his grief process in your family and your, your siblings and that sort of thing. But when we go through a breakup, it is uniquely ours. And I think that people yeah. do forget how long and how painful that process can be. Uh, and giving mm-hmm. it the right name, grief, is such a step forward in being able to give ourselves that latitude to grieve it process it properly because if we stuff it down and we pretend everything's okay it will bite us in the butt at some point a couple of years down the track because we haven't dealt with it yeah exactly and I think there's a lot of things that we get told like the statement it is what it is really annoyed me yeah I hate that statement I think you're my soul sister on the other (laughs) side of the world yeah (laughs) I'll share that. Absolutely. Like when people kept on going like, oh, like, yeah, it is what it is. You've just got to kind of deal with it. I'm like, no, it isn't what it is. Like that, that's not right. I don't have to just acknowledge it through that. Like that's not, I'm not going to just sleep and all of a sudden these emotions are going to be gone. 
absolutely not. And it is what it is, isn't. It is not that. No. That is not where I'm applying that statement to. Exactly. It's like, yeah. Is it though? Is it really? I don't know. (laughs) I know. It is. Definitely. And And there's a lot of like pressure that comes with moving on. When somebody says to you, yeah, in a couple of months time, you'll be moved on. You'll be, you'll be sitting on the other seat going like, oh, it's completely fine or whatever. I'm glad I did it. Yes, you do get to that point. However, when people keep on telling you, oh, you will move on, you will get there, you start kind of preempting, oh, I've moved on, I've got there now. And all of a sudden, you actually haven't got there because yes. you've just gone, it is where it is, I need to deal with it, I need to move on, I need to be, like, time is a, a kind of, it keeps on going, you just, and you just kind of go, sorry, if you're going to have to swear, but you yeah. kind of just go, shit. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if I can swear. Yeah, uh, no, it's shit. <laughs> And you just gotta go. Go on, do you know what it is? It is actually just shit, and I just wanna. I need to be in that moment for a minute. Like and it's I don't not need linear to be... either, is it? Like it's like one day yeah. you can be like, "Yes, I've got this. I'm moving through it. I feel really good. Oh, he's cute." And then the next day, yeah. it's like, "Ooh, <laughs> like," and yeah, oh. and I think people don't don't sort of acknowledge that, you know. And it's, when are you getting oh, back no. on Tinder? And when are you, you know, all of that, all of that stuff. Oh my god! And Facebook dating now. There's a Facebook dating that came up on like within Facebook, and everyone goes, "Are you joining that? Are you doing that?" And I did go on a date. Um, so you treated me to Nando's. Woohoo! Lucky me. <laughs> um, I do love a Nando's. And um, I stayed over his house and I kind of felt like I had to be in that position because I was a bit like, oh, come on, i got to do this. I've got to be here. I've got to have sex because I've, I need to get over him. I need yeah. to show that I'm moving on. And it was the worst sex of my life. Yeah. And I literally woke up the next morning and I drove home in my car and I sobbed the whole way home. Yeah. And I was just like... That was not what I expected yes. at all. And I was like, Jesus, because I feel like in movies, the rebound guy always tends to be absolutely stunning or like they tend to have amazing sex or it's a brilliant moment. They've had their rebound moment. And I had what I thought was going to be my rebound moment and it caused me even more distress. And mm. I was like, oh, my God, is that what I've got to look forward to now is horrible sex where I cry <laughs> after it. I was just like, I was like, no. And it was just horrific. And I wouldn't recommend doing that. No. That's not the right thing. It's not. You see in the movies, people go out and have drinks and and have one night stands after it. And they're like, like, yeah, let's bring him. Like, no, no, just don't put yourself in that position. No, no. I think, yeah, I would probably have a similar um, reaction. <laughs> yeah. you know, it really is. Think- it is a process and it's not something that you can that you can rush. And, yeah, I mean, no. in terms of moving on and, you know, when people say, you know, you need to move on or you need to date or whatever, that's their timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what 
the pressure of moving on did for me was like, okay, this boy has reached out and DM'd me now. He's only tw- like 15 minutes away from my ham, I from where I am. So it's like, okay, I need to, everyone's saying I've got to move on. Yeah, I will move on. So is this my moving on? I, I feel like I've moved on now. I processed everything. And then I was in that position. It was just horrendous. And I was like, God, like I put myself in a position where I don't feel very comfortable at the minute. Like I'm in some stranger's bed, but I'm just like, feel completely vulnerable in the wrong possible way. Mm. And I was just like, lovely. And I, I, nothing against him. He was a very, very sweet boy, but I wasn't ready. Mm. But because of the pressure of moving on, of saying it is what it is, and I like, and sugarcoating things, putting basically sugar on shit. Yes. In the nicest way of analogy, analogy for it. I was doing that. And unfortunately, it hit me in the face at that point, and I was like, "I'm not ready," and it probably did more damage than actually acknowledging that I was still grieving, that I wasn't moved on if I had done that in the first place. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I completely get it. I get exactly what you're saying there, Kaylee. Look, I so thank you for. Being so transparent, I honestly feel like I'm just having a, a Zoom chat with one of my girlfriends and, uh, you know, so resonating with what you're saying in your story. And I'm sure a lot of people, while they might not have had the dramatic breakup that you had that has made worldwide news, everything after that I'm sure is completely relatable to anybody going through a breakup. And what I love about you is that you made your – wedding day, and I put that in air quotes, about self-empowerment, self-love, and the love of the people around you, which was Mm -hmm. such a beautiful launch pad for your healing journey. You're still on it. and But what I love about your story is that you choose, you've chosen yourself, and you are making this a journey of self-love on the back of a really horrific event in your life. And it just speaks to the kind of person that you are and the kind of person that can really make changes in the world. And I am so grateful for you sharing your story with How to Hack Your Heartbreak. And I just wish you you every happiness in the future. Thank you. Honestly, thank you so much for having me. And I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's basically just, I think when you break up, when somebody breaks up with you or you break up with somebody, however the situation is, it's grief on both ends. Don't focus about them. Focus about you and make it about you and your journey and, and sit in your moments of just you and your independence your and your, basically your, your 2.0. Yes. And if you have another breakup, make it your 3.0. At the end of the day, as you said, it's indefinite. Just regardless, do you mean if you need to rebuild yourself on how many times you can still do it? Because I've had a lot more breakups than this one. They're probably a bit more dramatic, actually, than this one. And it was just however this one turned into the news. But every breakup is newsworthy. And enjoy that moment and just enjoy as bad as it sounds, enjoy the moments when you do cry and meet a tub of ice cream because I promise you that that's probably more beneficial than it is just putting makeup on and drinking yourself at town and meeting new people and, and moving on. That tub of ice cream is your best friend. 
Yes, 100% it is. Kaylee Stead, you're amazing. And thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening to How to Hack Your Heartbreak. We are all about paying it forward. So if you loved the tips you learned today, share this episode with a friend who needs it. 